All right, Buffalo Bills fans, welcome back. It's another edition of Breaking Buffalo Rumblings. I am your host, Anthony Marino. Happy to be here with you today talking everything Buffalo Bills. I hope you caught our earlier podcast talking about the two-year contract extension for Jerry Hughes. Exciting news as he signs a two-year extension through the 2021 season. $23 million, $19.5 million in guarantees. You can catch that in our earlier podcast, but today... As we talk about the OTAs, unfortunately, we do have some injury news to talk about as it relates to the Buffalo Bills and jumping right into things. The biggest name on the list with the injury is the tight end Tyler Croft, the new tight end for the Buffalo Bills. Y'all will remember that he was signed during the free agency period back in March. Really, you could probably say penciled in as the starting tight end for the Bills, despite other moves that they have made throughout the offseason. And apparently, Croft suffered a broken foot and will undergo surgery. The break actually took place during Monday's OTA session. Not too many details at that point, but it has been reported, confirmed by Sean McDermott during his press availability on Tuesday And with that being said, while no definitive timeline has been given by the Buffalo Bills at this point, you are probably looking at after surgery, three to four months of recovery time for Croft. So the tight end position, something that there has been a lot of conversation around the Buffalo Bills and what they would do to address the position uh, during the offseason, right? The signing of Croft, looking at him, his, you know, career with the Cincinnati Bengals, When he was a starter coming in for guys that were injured, uh, definitely a red zone target. Someone is seen as having some upside potential for the Bills. There was still question what the team might do in the draft. Would they look to take someone like a TJ Hawkinson, an Irv Smith Jr., a Noah Fant, maybe with the first or a second round pick, depending on where those guys may have fallen. For the Bills, they did not address tight end in the draft until the third round when they packaged two fourth-round picks to move up and select Dawson Knox, as you remember, and using one of their seventh-round picks to select Tommy Sweeney out of Boston College. The interesting thing with this is what will the timeline truly look like for Croft and his return, and how will that impact the other tight ends on the roster? So if we're talking three or four months from the injury, right, you're looking at the end of August on the early side of the time frame, or towards the end, or I should say late August on the early side of the time frame, or late September at the back end, if we're talking that three to four month time period for Croft, which would be an interesting piece, depending on what the recovery truly does look like, and if that's when he gets to come back and start working out, or if that's when he will be back 100% and ready to be back on the field. Croft will likely miss all of training camp, uh, at least as of right now. It looks like he will be missing all of the preseason, which bears the question if he will start the season on the pup list, the physically unable to perform list. Is he a candidate for the injured reserve? I think it's much too early to talk about that as potentially, uh, you know, uh, the injured reserve able to come back later during the season. But with Croft, that really opens up what would likely be a starting tight end position for the Bills. So let's take a look at what the options are right now. Lee Smith, you know, recently signed to the three-year $9 million contract. Smith is going to be that blocking tight end, right? So with that, he is not in a position that would be your quote-unquote every down starting tight end uh, receiving threat on the roster. So you've got him. We talked about Knox, the converted quarterback from Ole Miss, 
who is uh, probably seen as more of a project, right? Plenty of potential, incredibly athletic, but adjusting to the NFL game. I mean, traditionally, tight ends take a little bit of time to make an impact. And I think it would be uh, we'd be getting ahead of ourselves if there was an expectation that Knox was going to come in and fill the void of a starting tight end right from the get-go. And of course, Sweeney being a seventh-round pick, what does that truly you know mean for him? He's probably going to be a little bit more of a stretch as far as it comes to making the roster. Uh, so you know, again, a seventh-round selection shows some good upside, could do some good things you know, with a good camp and what that may be. But again, not someone that is going to come in and be the starter for the team. The interesting candidate that we have not talked about yet is Jason Kroom. And Jason Kroom is a guy with all of these moves that have been made by the Bills that many, you know, we're starting to look at things and say, you know what, this is a guy that it might be a stretch for him to make the roster in 2019. You know, maybe they'll look more fondly on someone like a Sweeney, right, as a late round pick with some upside. Let's see what he's capable of doing. Now you're in a situation that you've got Croft down again for three to four months. What does that really mean? And Kroom is a guy, right, that can come in. He's had some experience. He's developed a rapport with Josh Allen. Now, all of a sudden, in a position as we start to look at things and think to ourselves, okay, what does Kroom bring to the table? What can he be for the Buffalo Bills? And is this someone that could potentially, as crazy as it sounds, is that a guy that could be your starter at tight end for the 2019 season, right? So a guy that initially looking at and thinking to yourself, okay, might be on the outside looking in. But again, you've got Lee Smith as a blocking tight end. You've got a couple of rookies, right? So you take someone like Tommy Sweeney, like Dawson Knox, probably not going to be ready to deliver at this point. And all of a sudden, Kroom comes to the table. And Kroom is a guy that we've seen some athleticism, a wide receiver who converted to a tight end. 22 catches last season, um, 259 yards, one touchdown. Again, flash some athleticism, uh, a nice rapport with Josh Allen. But it will be interesting to see when you get more of a definitive timeline on Tyler Croft, what is going to happen. If it's something that potentially lingers, are the Bills going to be satisfied with what they have? Uh, If you listen to Buffalo Rumblings Q&A with Matt Warren, he talked before about Kyle Rudolph as a potential trade target for the Bills. If he doesn't work out, you know, some sort of contract parameters and get on the same page with the Minnesota Vikings, that's also likely getting ahead of ourselves. But it will be interesting to see if the Bills will settle in going into the start of the 2019 season with Dawson Knox, Jason Kroom, Lee Smith really as their top three tight ends, as opposed to making a move and maybe bringing in some sort of a veteran presence if Croft is going to be shelved for some period of time. So a bit of breaking news on uh, for the Buffalo Bills during the second day of OTAs. And even when you talk about Kroom just a little bit, it was reported by Sal Capaccio at WGR and others uh, that Kroom was a guy that actually had to leave the practice field and go to the field house with a trainer during Tuesday's OTA session. So uh, no definitive report on what that may have been. But early on, the Bills banged up at tight end and interesting to see what that will hold for them moving forward. Uh, Some other injuries to report on from the OTAs, again, we talked to you about Tyler Croft, 
Wide receiver Cole Beasley and center Mitch Morris both had core muscle injuries. They underwent surgery a few weeks ago. Not quite sure what that means. It doesn't seem to have any effect on their timeline as it relates to training camp or anything for the regular season. Uh, Maybe something just to keep an eye on, but right now I'm not putting too much stock into either of those injuries being anything major for either of those two players. Uh, Russell Bodine is still recovering from shoulder surgery that he suffered last season, so he was not participating. Running back Frank Gore, foot and ankle injury. He was limited in the OTA practice on Tuesday. Uh, Here's an interesting one. David Sills had a hamstring injury that he sustained in rookie minicamp. He was limited during the OTA session. Sills is quickly becoming a fan favorite for many fans of the Buffalo Bills. I think someone that many are having some expectations as that undrafted free agent that could be, a again, a favorite to, to make the 53-man roster. I'd like to see what Sills can do during the OTAs. I think that can give him an opportunity to make an early impression on the coaches. So that hamstring injury, definitely something to keep an eye on uh, moving forward. Taron Johnson wore a red non-contact jersey throughout the OTAs, as did Raphael Bush. And TJ Yeldon, suffering a groin injury, did not practice during Tuesday's OTA session. Uh, Kind of in more of a a good news side of things, Matt Milano was a full participant. Uh, You guys remember that he broke a leg during the 2018 season. And both the punters, Corey Carter and Corey Bajorquez, uh, were both full participants coming back from the injuries that they also suffered during the 2018 season. So as you go into it, right, the start of OTAs, the last thing you want to be talking about is injuries to any member of your team, your favorite team for us, specifically the Buffalo Bills. Tyler Croft breaking the foot that he did uh, have a previous injury with during the 2018 season, something to monitor, and we will have more updates as they do come available Really, the update we're waiting for really right now is what is the definitive timeline for his recovery. Um, By all accounts right now, it's being reported three to four months, but that has not come from the team. That has more come from sources and national reporters, so it will truly be something worth monitoring. So we're going to take a break real quick. We'll be back after the break with more Breaking Buffalo rumblings, so stick around. All right, Buffalo Bills fans, welcome back to Breaking Buffalo Rumblings. I'm your host, Anthony Marino. Talking about the OTAs, we touched base before the break, talking everything with the tight end group and the injury to Tyler Croft and the impact that they might have on the Buffalo Bills. Also mentioned earlier, Jerry Hughes signing his two-year contract extension. Uh, In my opinion, great news for the Buffalo Bills, locking him up through the 2021 season. Uh, Will be great to see what he can do on the revamped Buffalo Bills defensive line with the addition of Ed Oliver. But right now I want to talk to you a little bit about the offensive line. And you talk about being revamped. We've got some notes that came out of OTAs. Tuesday's session was open to the media. And a report from Matt Perino of NewYorkUpstate.com does a great job there covering the team, him and Ryan Talbot. And he's got some notes on the early offensive line depth chart that I really wanted to share with everyone. And I'll read this section from Perino and then kind of share some some feedback as well. But here he writes, new franchise center Mitch Morris underwent a recent core muscle surgery, as we talked about before the break, wasn't available for practice. That's the exact reason Bill's general manager, Brandon Bean, went out and signed depth linemen with position flexibility. Here's how Bill's coach, Sean McDermott and Dable had the linemen slotted in practice. So this comes directly from Perino with the first team at left tackle was Deion Dawkins at left guard, Spencer Long at center, John Feliciano. 
At right guard was Quentin Spain, and at right tackle, Ty Nasecki. With the second team, at left tackle was Adrian Waddle. At left guard, Wyatt Teller. At center, Ike Bodiger. At right guard, Jeremiah Searles. And at right tackle, Cody Ford. So interesting from this standpoint, right? There was definitely some question early on. Was Ty Nasecki going to get first team reps with uh, at left tackle? Was Deion Dawkins going to be shifted inside? Were the Bills going to try and send some sort of a message? Way too early to tell with any of this, but from this standpoint, at least the fact where this first day that the media was available, Deion Dawkins at left tackle, my guess is going into training camp, unless something changes, that Deion Dawkins is the incumbent starter over the past two seasons once he came in for Cordy Glenn, will have the opportunity to compete and maintain the position at left tackle. What happens at right tackle is going to be a little bit uh more worth monitoring, I guess you could say, for the time being. Ty Nasecki getting the first team reps during OTAs. Cody Ford at right tackle. In all expectation, right, Cody Ford is going to be starting at the beginning of the 2019 season. The Bills having a first round grade on him, trading up uh, in the second round to draft Ford with the 38th overall selection out of Oklahoma. I would be shocked if he is not a starter at the beginning of the 2019 season. Now, there very could well be more of a learning curve, maybe some things where he's not the starter during the first couple of weeks, but it's the team will look to build some continuity with this group and identifying that top five to be the starters and really get the majority of the snaps. It will be worth monitoring how things play out for him how things play out for Ty Nasecki. It is way too early to start uh, monitoring, I guess, what the uh, the expectations are for the offensive line, especially when we're just talking through OTAs. But I did think it was interesting enough to share that especially that first team unit, right? And with Spencer Long at left guard, Quentin Spain at right guard, you know, John Feliciano in there at center at the beginning. But we know that once Mitch Morris is back and able to participate, that he is in written in pen as the starting center for the Buffalo Bills. So I, I can't think of an offseason, right, where the offensive line is truly being the focal point of OTAs, of training camp, and really of the preseason. With so many additions that the Bills made, knowing that there will likely be four new starters on the offensive line, barring some sort of, uh, you know, Wyatt Teller really establishing himself as he finished the season as a starter during 2018, uh, there will be four new starters along the offensive line and seeing how that plays out. But you think to each year, right? I mean, usually you're talking about a focus on the quarterback play, maybe the wide receiver battles, things taking place at linebacker or defensive end. Here we are in 2019, and all of the focus truly a lot of excitement around the offensive line. And I think it's interesting for Bills fans as you went through the 2018 season, you think back to the departures of Eric Wood and Richie Incognito, and then you get yourself into a position where the line really does struggle throughout the year. The running game struggles, pass protection struggles, just overall not a great year for the Bills offensive line. That fans that would normally, you know, maybe not get too excited about investments made at guard, at center, uh, at either of the two tackle spots, really start to look at things and, and get excited about the investment made by the team, some of the new faces that are in, and really seeing how some of these guys will compete and what it'll look like for the team moving forward. Another area of note, I think, that comes in, Levi Wallace did uh, line up as the first-team quarterback opposite of Tredavious White. Um, I think there will truly be competition for him, right? You talk about the signing of Kevin Johnson and EJ Gaines 
uh, which is noted by Perino in his article that you can find at NewYorkUpstate.com. But with that, I did think it was interesting, right? Levi Wallace, the undrafted free agent out of Alabama in 2018, performed admirably once he became the starter, right? Highly rated by Pro Football Focus, uh, did a great job as part of the number two defense in the NFL for the Buffalo Bills, and getting the early nod. Again, we're just talking OTAs, not putting too much stock into it, but let's be honest, right? We're in the latter part of May here. We're going to come and deliver different podcasts to you each week. So when uh, we've got starters lining up for the OTAs, something I really think that we can uh, we can report on for you. But uh, an interesting early vote of confidence for Levi Wallace, obviously him being uh, at least lining up as the starter at cornerback, obvious Tredavious White early on in OTAs. So Interesting for the Bills, they will be off on Wednesday for OTAs before they return to the field on Thursday. Be curious to see other news and reports that will come about after that. Another interesting report that did come out of Buffalo uh, earlier in the day on Tuesday, but Eric Wood is going to replace Mark Kelso uh, in the game day uh, broadcast opposite of John Murphy. Eric Wood, the former Buffalo Bills center, will be doing color commentary Sal Capaccio will remain on the sideline as Mark Kelso uh, puts more of his focus and efforts and his work with uh, with NASCAR and his NASCAR team and, and obviously have enjoyed his part of the broadcast over, I believe, the last 16 years where he's been paired up with John Murphy. But with that, really excited to see Eric Wood get the opportunity. Have seen him call different, uh, different college games just last season, uh, his regular segments on WGR and calling into other uh, shows, his... Uh, recent podcast that he has launched and Eric Wood really staying active in the Buffalo community the new color commentator opposite John Murphy for the Buffalo Bills uh, radio broadcast I think it's just great to see that he's staying a part of the Buffalo Bills family and excited to see that so congratulations to Eric Wood uh, obviously to Mark Kelso for a fantastic career as a color commentator opposite of John Murphy but really excited to hear Eric Wood on those broadcasts with Murph and with Sal Capaccio. So with all that being said, this will wrap up today's uh, second Breaking Buffalo Rumblings podcast. We can catch the earlier episode where we break down the signing of Jerry Hughes. And be sure to uh, to log on to buffalorumblings.com for all the latest news and updates. You can find me on Twitter at AnthMarino. And be sure you pound that subscribe button so you can get all the latest, not just from Breaking Buffalo Rumblings, but also Buffalo Rumblings Q&A. Blitz Bills, uh, the Believe podcast as well, and Circling the Wagon. So we've got you covered with a lot of different voices, a lot of different content. We appreciate you subscribing. Always appreciate the feedback. And thanks again for joining us on Breaking Buffalo Rumblings.